0: There's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast.
1: Oh, breathe in the Friday energy. Good morning. What's going on? Happy Friday. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I'm Bill Ryder from Los Angeles, California, where it's cold. It's in the 50s, Pretty Daddy. That's Tom DeSelvestino. Executive producer of this show, the angry energy behind Rider Than You at Pretty Daddy CBS on Twitter. Somebody in the universe who's accomplished a lot is going to get a little bit of praise, and Tom is not having it. Tom is furious, where other people throw flowers and clap politely and murmur things like, oh, that's nice, Tom flings things in disgust, and we will channel that energy into a what to sell, because his last name is DeCelestino, and people call him used to call him DeCel before he became Pretty Daddy. What to sell is he thinking? Later this hour. Uh, Nick Costos is going to be on the show. Very excited. Talk to Nick. We usually ask Nick, who is Odyssey's gambling expert. I know that you get thrown a lot of gambling experts, and I can— Happily put that in air quotes. Gambling experts, Nick is the real deal. The dude is legit. Last time we talked to Nick, he gave me a bet. There's no guarantees that at the time I think it was eight or nine to one. That is now basically a lock. And so we're gonna heap some praise on him, which will make Tom mad, and he'll want to do another what to sell. But we're gonna heap some praise on Costos. We've got Bum of the Week. It's a familiar name coming in. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know who's winning. But we'll go through the ringorama of of the various candidates. At the end of the show, we've got. Buy or sell that is jam-packed. The Packers got it right. Whatever happens this weekend against my Bears, they got it right. The Bills are a conundrum, an enigma, a puzzle. I've started doing puzzles lately. I don't know why. My kids are in them all of a sudden. I'm good at them. They're really comforting, Tom, it turns out. The Bills are a mystery. We'll debate where that comes down. I've got a surprise question for for, for Pretty Daddy. Good morning, Tommy. Puzzles. Good morning, Bill. Happy Call Friday me. to you. I like nice puzzles, button. too. I'm not good at them, though. We have a new thing we're doing, Tom. I um Because you and I, we interact on Skype, right? I can see you. You can see me. There's a little camera button up here, right? And um in a very joyous way, I will sometimes take my, my LeBron James bobblehead. I had a messy bobblehead, but my kid took it. And I will put it at the screen, and you will get very angry. But yesterday, I took a photo of you. And I feel like we should get a collection of these. And then eventually post them on social media. I saw in the New Yorker that a very attractive, but that's beside the point, or maybe it's not beside the point, um, medical secretary in France, in Paris, has convinced over the last 25 years the most, I guess, successful, impressive, well-known artistic photographers on earth to just take her pictures. So I clicked on it to look at the photos. Uh, Let me just tell you, not safe for work. Okay?
2: Okay. Thank you for the heads up.
1: But it is an artistic sort of, wow, like, look at all of these interesting things. If we did that with you and your look of various looks when I do the bobblehead, that could be a little like, I don't know if the New Yorker would publish it, and Sports Illustrated isn't a real thing anymore, but, like, somebody might.
2: I just want to put it out there. I'm not in favor of doing that because okay. I don't think that these will be flattering images of me as uh, when you hold up that bobblehead, I'm not in a good mood.
1: I got a great photo where you can kind of see LeBron wave, almost waving at you, and you're trying to look away from the screen. I felt like, as a first effort, as an amateur photographer, felt like I crushed it.
2: <laughs> I'm nope. happy that you're happy.
1: Phone number? That's not true. Phone number is, that's, that's, wow, we started out with a lie. Uh, 855-2124-CBS. All right, I'm going to do a little public service announcement for you here and start with how last night Nikola Jokic, the, the Denver Nugget, simultaneously did three amazing things. And the thing that maybe you know about is, I think, the least impressive of all of them. He hit a 45-footer at the buzzer in an epic comeback win to beat the Warriors in regulation and spare us all overtime, those of us that stayed up for the game. And that shot was insane. And it's not as impressive as the other two things that that shot did. It did, and it reminded us of. It did put an end to the Warriors. They're cooked. They're over. They're done. They're not winning another championship. The season is a wash. It was probably already true, but last night was the kind of game that can serve as a catalyst and a confidence boost for a team like Golden State. And Jokic, whose Denver Nuggets have beaten the Warriors game after game after game after game, just decided, you know what? I know we're down 18 points with six minutes and change left. I know this shot's impossible having gotten it to a tie game. Hell no. The Warriors are finished. I'm putting a spirit through their heart. It's over. It's over. It's done. And the other thing that Jokic did... And it goes to what we talked about yesterday, is he reminds us not just that he's him, he's the guy, that Joel Embiid is not. As good as Embiid has been, as amazing as Embiid has been in the regular season, as much as Embiid is having, statistically speaking, probably, yes, yes, a better season than Jokic. Jokic's shot wasn't just amazing, though it was, didn't just end the Warriors' run, it is, it's done, it's finished. It was a blatant reminder that Joel Embiid is not that guy yet, because you've got to hit those shots. You gotta hit those shots in those moments. I want you to listen to it first if you're missing. Let me let me set the stage, okay? Let me let me try to put you in in, in, in this because Tom, you were sleeping, right? It was like six in the morning, your time. Were you asleep? Let me ask you this: When Jokic hits a shot like that, when there's a, when there's a disturbance in the force, right? Like Obi wan Kenobi. Is it Obi wan or One? I don't know. Can you feel it in your sleep? Is there a rustle of? I I dreamt about Burt Reynolds last night. Do you ever dream about Jokic? <laughs> I did.
2: Uh, no, no, I didn't get like a a sense of anything Kay. in my sleep. I got a sense that you were excited though, and that was my sense. I didn't know it was Jokic, yeah. but I felt your. You felt my energy. Energy, yes.
1: I mean, look, it's not. I, 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 I did. I loved it. A CBS Sports HQ hit after the game with, with Akeem Dermish. I love all my colleagues, but I love being out with Akeem. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't really want to go to overtime. I was pretty they are six minutes and, I don't know, 30 seconds left, and the Warriors are up 18 points in a huge win for this basketball team because the Warriors still play trash, garbage defense, which has remained a problem. But you start to see maybe glimpses of what they could be if Curry got a little bit of help. Curry was great. He was great until the end. But you had Clay Thompson playing really good basketball, and you had Jonathan Kaminga actually look dynamic until Steve Kerr, because he's Steve Kerr and doesn't know how to do rotations, Pulled the guy, and you had different guys contributing. You could feel maybe, even though I don't think the Warriors played particularly amazing, they did offensively. This could be a turning point, and then all of a sudden, Jokic started to be Jokic. Just take this in as part of the the magic and the mind blowing reality. Of Nikola Jokic, I was on CBS Sports HQ Spotlight, which is on CBS Sports Network yesterday, and I really baffled them because they asked me about the game, and I said Jokic is doing things that are so improbable, we might be in a simulation. And they sort of looked around, is that in the teleprompter? White? What is he talking? What, assim, he, what like this a real game? Does he mean he simulated Jokic? He, they didn't understand. But there are times where Jokic does things that makes it hard for me to think we're actually in a reality. I know we are, but it just it it, it, it baffles the mind, Jokic yesterday continued what has been one of the most efficient runs in NBA history. In the last four games, four games, and it's not like the guy's not taking shots. He has only missed five shots. He has 39 for his last 44. And yesterday, part of the magic of of Jokic, and part of what had me thinking about Embiid in a way that turned on its head pretty quickly, was watching this game, and the Warriors are up 18, and they're up you know, 16, and they're up... 12, but they're going to win, right? They're obviously going to win the game. There's four or five minutes left. Is thinking I've never seen Jokic play well, let alone this well, let alone this engaged and lose a basketball game. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I couldn't recall it. And this isn't just some random game. The Nuggets and every other team, no matter where the Warriors are at, get up for playing Golden State because of their past. It is. It's a glorious, illustrious last 10 years, and people want to steal. Some of that shine, right? You, you eat what you kill. And the, the the Nuggets, champions, notwithstanding, want more of that. I want to take it. And so Jokic was engaged, was into the game. And I was thinking, you know, this is the kind of game where normally Jokic would win, and, and, and this feels more like an Embiid game. That's what I thought. Like, this is like, okay, great, great stats— but you're not going to win the game. And I kind of dismissed it like, ah, it's one sample size. Maybe I'm being too hard on Embiid. And then all of a sudden, Jokic's ability to just keep scoring, keep being efficient, wear down the Warriors. That defense clicked in for the Nuggets. The Nuggets rallied around what their star was doing, especially defensively, in, in a way that the Warriors didn't and no longer does, which is part of the reason they're finished. And then Jokic hits that amazing shot. And in that moment, with that context, with me very excited the game's not going to overtime because I want to get on with Keem Dermish. I don't want to delay that because that's really fun. It is. This is what it sounded like. You have to see, again, and by the way, let me start. Let me set this up again. Again, Chris Paul took a brutally terrible shot, because he's brutally terrible, which could have closed the game. And then the Warriors got the ball back with enough time to take the final shot, and Steph Curry did a one-handed fling across. It was like me at the YMCA, if I've been drinking. And I don't have to be drinking playing basketball to play this badly. Turn the ball over. Nuggets get the ball. Call timeout with like five seconds left. Game should be over anyway. And then, finally, yes, a lot of context this happens.
2: 3.6 seconds left. Denver looking for the game-winner. Here we go, Aaron Gordon looks in, throws it off over to Jokic, two seconds, he's across the timeline from 45 feet. Got it, at the horn! Nikola Jokic buries the Golden State Warriors for the second year in a row. Denver stuns the Warriors with a last second three-point shot. And the Golden State Warriors can go ahead and take that out all the way out. Oh man, what a shot by Joker. That was from the logo! It was
1: it was insanely, stupidly amazing. The Warriors are done. There's a lot of reasons for it. We've discussed it. We're not overreacting. I have told you and reported before the season started, having had a lot of conversations with executives around the NBA, including people linked with or still very closely attached to and or employed by the Warriors, that there was a sense that it was over. This is before Draymond Green punched a bunch of people and got kicked out. Yes, I know there's reports that he's coming back. To, to the facility today or tomorrow, the next few days, Woj reports and going to ramp back up and come back, doesn't matter. These are the kind of games that tell you who teams are. The ability for the Warriors to collapse is a reality in a vacuum. And the ability for the Nuggets, not just to come back, but for Jokic to hit that shot, to have that, that calm certainty, is a thing that happens in a vacuum. Can't happen in a vacuum. When they happen together, two things are true at once. The Warriors are finished, that's true. This could have been a turning point game. Could have been a catalyst game. Could have been a confidence game. And the other thing is that Jokic Joker really is that guy. Djokovic really is that dude. And let me tie it back into Embiid. This is not a shot at Joel Embiid. It's just a reminder that both these guys, and this happened last year, it happened the year before, both these guys have had regular seasons that continue, that have rolled into this regular season where they have a competing... They have a dueling reality where one day it's, oh, my God, Embiid's the best player on earth. And then the next, literally, the next day or two days later, it's, oh, my God, Jokic just topped it. And they do this to each other, and they battle each other for MVPs with the honest Part of the mix, and there's this dueling competition about who's the better player and who should be MVP and who's the guy. But here's the thing, and we talked about this yesterday on the other side of this coin, right? The, the yang to the yin that I'm hitting here now with Jokic. One of these guys take that into the playoffs and keep doing what we saw last night, and one of those guys do the opposite. And it was a stark reminder of what I told you yesterday on the show that Embiid's excellence means nothing this regular season, as much as it's remarkable and even better than last year's MVP season, if he doesn't do what Jokic just did, and more importantly, has done in the playoffs, and that is be clutch, be huge, carry his team, win games maybe you're not supposed to, find a way to be the best version of your basketball team when it feels like it matters, or in the playoffs when it really does matter. And Michael Malone, head coach of the Nuggets, a uh, lot he's going to say here. I think the thing you should focus on, he's not talking about Joel Embiid. He's not. He's talking about his own guy. But the point he's making about 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 Joker does not apply yet to the big man in Philly.
2: Great players make great plays. And, uh, you know, Nicola catching the ball there and then making something happen behind that is just, uh, just incredible. That's our sixth road win in a row. And when you get down to this team – it's very easy to drop your head in this building with that crowd, and uh, that's probably the thing I, I was most pleased with tonight. Is that everybody, coaches, players, we just stayed the course even after that uh, third quarter, which they dominated. Uh, but we closed that game. I think it was a twenty-five to four run to close, and uh, you don't see that happen to that team in this building very often.
1: It was insane. And if you're if you're bored, if you're sitting around, if you've got that Friday energy and you don't want to. YouTube, the ending of the Karate Kid one last time, or some Al Pacino screaming scene, go watch the last minute and a half of that basketball game, and it will tell the tale that I've just given you. The Warriors in their discombobulated state and their decaying greatness, decaying be the major part of that, and the Nuggets haven't already taken the mantle, clearly. They're they're NBA champions. They are the defending champions, just reasserting that last year was not a one-off, and they are the team in the West, and maybe the entire NBA to go through. My God, Jokic is a stud. And this is the thing Embiid's going to have to emulate. And and not... Where are we? Not in January. I don't, I don't remember what, what, what month we were in. Not in January. Although it was a big shot. Embiid's going to have to do it in April, in May, in June. And maybe he will. I mean, what a... Give me, give me Sixers Nuggets. Give me Sixers Nuggets NBA Final. What a showdown that would be. I know Jokic can get his team there. And I'm hoping... I love Embiid. I'm hoping... Embiid can, too. Uh, if you got a take, if you have a perspective, 855-212-4CBS. A lot of D-Cell on the show today. A lot of Pretty Daddy, okay? Because Astos likes to talk about Pretty Daddy a lot, and it's bum of the week time, so you know the Pretty Daddy's in the mix for that baby. And we got a What to Sell coming up, so it's, what is this, your show? And I've got a surprise question for Tom that he will not necessarily love, but he will be a part of next year on CBS Sports Radio.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: Welcome back to Writer Than You. Eagles or Cowboys?
1: Tomorrow's buy or sell. Eagles or America's team? You're America's team, Tom. Tom is America's team. On CBS Sports Radio. It's It's a Pretty Daddy Friday. What's going on? Pretty Daddy, I got a message. for. I got a lot of messages for you. Here's one. What's up? Good morning. Again.
2: Good morning to you again. I'm great. It's Friday. We made it.
1: Pretty daddy day. Maybe you're bum of the week. I don't know. Stream, but first, Tom, you should just relax. First, you should know you can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. I'm aware. See, sometimes in the radio business, when you when you do a read like that with the wonderful sponsors who make this show possible, you have to send what's called an air check. You got to send it in to the person. And apparently, every time Tom does it, I'm just making fun in his own mind. But Tom's very sensitive. You're a sensitive, and I love the best part of the de- the sort of depth to you that maybe people don't see at first. What, sensitive cat. What makes me sensitive? I
2: don't like to be made fun of. You like to maybe,
1: make fun ma- of me. Maybe your upbringing. Maybe your your your. Maybe it's genetics. I don't know. These are the questions scientists are still grappling with, Tom. What makes any of us who we are? You know what I'm saying? I have a mystery question for you. Are you ready? I want an answer. I want to. Get, wow. I want to guess. No, please. No. Can't give me. I don't know. Okay. I get that from my wife. I don't you know, I don't know. <sighs> What we do want for dinner? I
2: don't know. I'm already okay, that's exhausted. Helpful.
1: We all have mysteries. What do you think it would cost if. Let's just. Let me pick some? Stuart Kovacs works here, right? But he's. But he, Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, some, but he's not here very often. If I wanted to hire a real private investigator to follow him for five to seven days, or anyone else for that matter, right? You're just. You know, what's. I probably shouldn't joke about my bosses, but whatever. That's What's David Maranick doing on his vacation? Like, David. I don't know where David. Where, Did he go to Hawaii? When he takes them off, I don't know where he goes.
2: <laughs> Why would I know that?
1: Or, or, like, just randomly, like, you know, hey, what, like, I don't know my neighbor. What, what, I know it's cr- creepy and weird, but people, what would it cost to hire a PI?
2: Like, do you have to give details up front? Like, I think it depends upon what kind of information you're looking for, because that's, like, the depth of the PI. I was thinking
1: about one of our producers, and I was just like, where does that guy live? And I think I asked you this morning, you said, I don't know. It's like, where does Shep live? Because he's you know he's on because I, I don't know I don't yes, know Shep I that I
2: really well. really time. I'm like, the is he time. in Manhattan?
1: Is he in Jersey? And then I was thinking about it afterwards, like,
2: I guess you hire a private
1: investigator to follow anybody. It's weird, right? You could do it though. Here's my question: What do you think it costs to find out where somebody lives? No, no. Say to a private investigator, I want to hire you to follow this person. Like, not I want just all the info on this person for five days. Four
2: thousand dollars.
1: I was going to guess ten grand.
2: I'm going to go a little cheaper than ten
1: grand you think for 4 grand yeah and here's photos here they like you know they they get a double shot at starbucks right they 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 say they want water when they go to the to the subway but they actually take the soda they steal the soda that kind of info
2: yeah i'm going to say it's less than 10 grand
1: so if i spent 10 if i spent 4 grand having you tracked the guy would basically <laughs> say never leaves his house He's great so da- boring great dad i think but he doesn't leave the house but uh, yeah, he doesn't give directions. It was really easy to, to track him because he didn't even look at me. It's been I five
2: walked... days. Haven't seen him smile once. Haven't seen him? Yeah. Uh,
1: do you treat him okay at work? Can I, your private investigator you hired, Mr. Ryder, put in an HR complaint? He looks very sad. I was just curious, you know?
2: Yeah, I don't think it's 10000 That seems like a lot of money.
1: Like, if you had this guy... And look it could be a lady you know whatever whoever the PI is but in my mind right the old time sort of did Humphrey Bogart I've never seen a Humphrey Bogart movie did he play PI what do you need if you hired this person to file to to follow Brian Gutenkins, for example do you think the Packers GM would just be just glowing with I told you soisms do you think he'd be walking around Green Bay like I'll take um Take a latte and a and a muffin, and I don't know you, Barista person, but I'll take an apology. I mean, do you think that – or do you think there's a – because it takes a lot of time to reveal in the NFL the questions that are interesting, and we talk about this every NFL season. What are the big questions? What are the big mysteries? One of them was Bill Belichick answered. The guy is – at least with the Patriots, he's washed. The Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love were such a fascinating question, and they were always going to be scrutinized through the filter, and it, it got adjusted when, when Rodgers went down immediately, but through the filter of the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, and of course through the filter of Jordan Love. I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. Green Bay hosts the Bears. They're three, three-and-a-half-point favorites. But either way, Tom, for, for me, they are in the exact same situation they were in last year. They're facing elimination in, against a division opponent at home in the final week of the playoffs. Only the difference is last year they had Aaron Rodgers. And it felt like maybe that was an underachievement. This year they've got Jordan Love, and it's absolutely an overachievement. And he's got, what, five games with three touchdowns and no picks in his first 17 starts. That's tied for the most all-time for a QB within his first 17 games. The other two names, you ready? These guys are kind of obscure. Patrick Mahomes and Dan Marino. First season of starter, you ready? Want these stats? You don't need inve- to hire a private investigator. I got you, pal. You ready? Do you want it in a private investigator voice? Yes. All right, see, I follow' around. 17, I can't do it, 17 games. 3,843 passing yards, 30 passing touchdowns, 11 picks. Now look, we're on the air across Wisconsin, and it's not under the radar in Wisconsin. People in Milwaukee know, people in Green Bay know, people in Prairie du Chien know, right? But I would say that as a national football story, as much as the NFL is the is the machine that makes all sports talk go, just conversationally with your buddies and, and professionally for us, I think it's under the radar. I'm not sure the degree to which people have focused enough on how good at times Jordan Love has been and how consistently excellent when you take in not just the fact that his first year as a starter, but the massive pressure of having to replace Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers constantly being in the news. You would think that when Aaron Rodgers went down that injury, if you're Jordan Love, at least maybe if he's been a little honest with himself, right? What's your part of your, your your ego that's is it the id? I don't know. That part of him that's really sort of secretly might have been like, okay, I'm bummed that Aaron's hurt, but man, it'd be nice that he's not around talking all the time. But no, he's just he's on the other radio show, just like going after Jimmy Kimmel. And I think whenever Rodgers does something, it is that the gravitational force of Rodgers there's a pull on on Jordan Love however disconnected you feel like they they might be Aaron Rodgers first season about the same number of passing yards it was it was 200 more in in, in, in a game in a, a season that was a game fewer in 16 it was 16 all right 28 passing touchdowns to 30 and 13 picks to 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 the 11. That doesn't mean Jordan Love's going to become Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers for all my criticism of the guy, clearly a massive talent, one A, but not enough A Super Bowl. And by the way, very similar to Brett Favre. Brett Favre first year, 3200 passing yards, markedly lower, but but a different era, too, to be fair, and 18 passing touchdowns with 13 picks. It doesn't mean Jordan Love's going to become these two hall of famers, hall of Famer and future hall of Famer. It does mean that he can it means that it's in there, that there, there's talent there. So so give the Packers GM, I think, a lot of credit. Give give the organization credit. Uh, we all owe apologies to those of us that that went at these guys. I think on this show we were uncertain, but is cautiously optimistic, I think, a fair description of certainly what I thought Jordan Love might be able to do and the Packers might be able to do. And let me give you this context, too, and I think it's worth pointing out, and we have a really good example of this. It's not... Whether they beat the Bears or they don't, and I think the Bears are going to win, even though I have a bunch of money on it and I really need it to happen and I should never believe in the Bears, I think the Bears are going to win this game. But they may not, and it's in Green Bay, and again, Jordan Love has played well. Either way, successful season. But but it's worth noting the historical likelihood when you have to replace an all-time great franchise cornerback that the wheels are going to come off and stuff's going to go badly. And I can point you to a lot of examples So that I can take one or two or three or four years. Look at the Patriots. Tom Brady leaves. And, and I think when Brady left, we would all have agreed better organization than the Packers at the time would have thought, better coach than the Packers than we would have thought at the time. Maybe not. And they still can't get right. And you're talking multiple seasons now, to the point where Bill Belichick, if he stays, it will be a surprise. It will be a shock if he's the head coach. In year one post-Rogers, when Rodgers did it in a very disruptive way, and and... and, and did this year after year and ratcheted up the drama. Jordan Love and the Packers have been, I think it's exceptional given the context. And I think, Tom, give him credit. They're going to be 8-9. They're going to be 9-8. and eight. Whatever they're going to be, massive win of a season. And now the only question, we have gone from can, do the Packers have a franchise quarterback? To they have a franchise quarterback. Can this organization surround him with the right football team so that he can win? And let me add one more point. I want, I want your take. But one more point. As much as the Lions deserve a lot of credit, and they're eleven and five, and they're great, and I think they're, you know, there are all these question marks that enter an NFL regular season, and they get answered, and then the few lucky teams get to be question marks head into the playoffs, and I think the most interesting question mark for me in this postseason or one of them is what are the Detroit Lions? We haven't seen the Lions in the playoffs in a reasonable way where we thought there was a chance in a long time, so I respect them, and I think they have upside. But they're not the Ravens, right? They're not, maybe a better example is the Chiefs. They're not They're not the Niners in their division. The Lions are really good, but they're not insurmountable in the years ahead. The Bears suck because they're always going to suck because they're the Bears. So when you, and the Vikings kissing cousins when he comes back, whatever. My point is, the Packers do have a road forward where that division is is winnable. Where it's not over, you look at it as best you can guess and it's not overwhelming. And so, congratulations to the Packers. You did it right and you got to keep doing it right. But it is a huge win for Green Bay, whatever happens against Chicago Lambeau, for me. You're wearing Packers green, so I know where you come down.
2: I am wearing Packers green, and I do think they win this game against your Chicago Bears. And unlike last year, come on, get into the playoffs. I mean, look, they get credit. The whole organization gets credit for staying the course. I know they didn't really have a choice this season when Jordan Love got off to a rough start. They have him signed through 2024. Yeah. Uh, like the one-year extension he signed was basically in place of picking up his fifth-year option, they have a franchise quarterback. They do it right there. Like their process, their system, they do it right. It got questioned a lot because when you move off a Hall of Fame quarterback, even though he wasn't well liked there, there's just a ton of question marks. That's just how it goes no matter who the quarterback coming in is. And this kid sat for three years, and we didn't know. he played at Utah State. We didn't know a lot about him. We just didn't. And now we do. The dude threw 30 touchdown passes, and he still has a game to go.
1: Can I give you another, like, I I think piece of context that might sound ridiculous, but I think it's worth applying. Matt LaFleur came in to run a very specific offense and learned very, very quickly that he wasn't going to do that, that he was going to have to filter everything through what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. And so I would argue that there was probably some rust for Matt LaFleur on, on his ability to run his offense and for him to be in rhythm. So this is also, even though he's obviously been the head coach for a while, and he is the guy behind the offense there, it's his first it's his first year where he gets to do what he wants to do. And I think the like—and he was a young coach when he came in. It's not like he was—let me think of it. Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan goes and gets whatever Tom Brady as prime or Aaron Rodgers and says, okay, I know what I'm doing, but this guy's a big star and kind of has an ego— I got to put my thing on hold for three, two, three, four, five years. But when I go back to a young quarterback, I can I can go right back to what I did. Lafleur, obviously talented, was still trying to figure out how he ran his own team and his own offense simultaneously. And this is the first year he's been able to. So I just think the upside, not just for 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 Jordan Love, but for Matt Lafleur too. And he's done a good, great job. Not a good job, a great job with, Jord, with Jordan Love. I there and I don't. I mean, look, I'm I'm a Bears fan, but I'm a realist. It's very impressive. I think the ceiling for the Packers is very,
3: very high.
1: Private investigator, you think four grand, huh? I can't imagine it's ten thousand dollars. You know what I would find fascinating? Would be to it'd be a waste of money, but if so I can't do it. But if if um if I had the money to hire to do like a have you seen um Knives Out on Netflix from a couple of years ago? Oh, Tom I don't even know what you're talking about. Knives Out and the Glass Onions the sequel where where LeBlanc gets hired, he's basically a Sherlock Holmes, modern day Sherlock Holmes but with like with a Kentucky fried chicken accent.
2: You're speaking a different language. Amazing.
1: Right now. He gets hired by someone he doesn't know who it is to, to solve a thing. Hire a private investigator anonymously to follow me around, but be like, just pick a random week. <laughs> so I don't know. What comes back?
2: A lot of weird This guy's stuff. a real a hole. A lot of weird stuff that I didn't want to know in the first this place. This guy's
1: a real weirdo. I wouldn't be hard though. You just turn the radio on, you know?
2: There he is. Got him.
1: He dreamt about Burt Reynolds one night. Stay away. That was a weird dream.
2: I don't want to know. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. It was a bizarre one. Yeah,
1: I I knew that much. All right. Uh, Let's, uh, we've got a little more football talk coming up. I I have a question. I think the Bills are, what 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 was the Churchill line about Russia? Are you serious right now? I'm just messing with you. You I am I'm, I'm going to do it wrong. An enigma wrapped in a mystery, wrapped in a – it's not a puzzle. I can't get puzzles out of my head because we're doing puzzles at my house. It's an enigma wrapped in a oh, – whatever. It's something. It's a bunch of mysteries wrapped together, Tom, okay? It's a Christmas present of mysteries. I don't know. I like asking you questions you can't answer. We're going to get into what we think the Bills are or aren't, and, and and Tom wants to be all angry and self-righteous about somebody getting their flowers. Tom's Thompson flowers. It's what to sell as well after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogush.
0: You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Writer Than You.
1: All right, so your long shot was the Niners and the Ravens. Great, great <laughs> stuff.
2: Glad I could contribute.
1: Who am I to criticize any radio show ever? Sports Talk Radio at its finest.
0: On CBS Sports Radio.
1: Uh, welcome back. In, oh, you're one of these moods again.
2: Every rejoin Bill makes fun of me. It's not one of these moods. Yeah. It's this show. No. I'm just playing back what you give me.
1: Yeah, you're selectively editing. It's okay. I'm a writer. I know how it works. I know how to pull a quote. <laughs> I get it. Um, So our, our friend Ty Dunn wrote a, a, a stunningly interesting, very provocative, very accurate. He's an excellent journalist. Piece of journalism. Long, long series on the bills. And... And the Buffalo Bills and, and their, their difficulties, Tom, and, and their, their their struggles and I'm trying to look at the date when this came out. It feels like it was what, five weeks ago? Anyway, the conclusion was that Sean McDermott is over his skis and shouldn't have the job and shouldn't be there. And and the Buffalo Bills have two things can be true at once, right? The story can be accurate. And the general thing was people kinda like him, but he's not up for the job. But the team is rallied around him, right? The team has won, it's just rattled off wins. They are in a situation where if they win, they can be the two-seed. There is, there is that possibility as they go to Miami. There's also a scenario, and walk me through it here, because I know it seems improbable, but I, I, when I was covering the Kansas City Chiefs as a newspaper guy many years ago, I remember the Chiefs needing to win a game they were supposed to lose and have seven other things happen. They won the game, and we all still sat around thinking, okay, season's over, and then we had to scramble to get book tickets to Indy because all seven things happened. And they went to Indy, and they got smoked by Peyton Manning the year that Peyton Manning and the Colts won the Super Bowl there. But what, what, what has to happen, remind me, it's three other things, right? They have to beat Miami, the Bills in Miami, a, Bill, a, 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 a Dolphins team that we have man crushes on the show but can't beat winning teams, and what else has to happen?
2: All right, this is the scenario for the Buffalo Bills missing the playoffs. Yeah. Jaguars beat the Titans on Sunday. Let me just go one time. Not a lock, but doable. The Steelers need to beat the Ravens on Sunday. I kind of think, uh, I don't think they will, but Lamar Jackson not starting.
1: Mike Tomlin doesn't know to win games. The Steelers are playing for their playoff hopes as well. I think that's certainly
2: possible. And the game between the Texans and the Colts, somebody needs to win it. It can't end in a tie. It
1: would be amazing if that's the thing that kept that like kept the Bills in the playoffs. Uh, it's, okay, that's, very, that's going to happen. Those
2: three things combined with the Bills losing to Miami on Sunday night.
1: Okay, the Bills, and you pointed out to me, those three things will be decided when Sunday night football rolls around. So the thing is, what I'm about to say probably won't apply. But I will say, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tie done this thing. If the Titans lose after Mike Vrabel's pretty frustrated press conference, right? If somehow that Jags team that is banged up and beat up and not the team that they're supposed to be win that game, and if the other game doesn't end in a, in a tie, and if the Steelers—I don't think it'd be that big a shock—but all three happening, if the Steelers beat a Ravens team that's based like whatever, we're the one c We don't really care that much the Buffalo Bills will lose to the Dolphins by, like, three touchdowns. <laughs> Cause then it, because what it becomes is a playoff game in Miami. It transforms from a play-in game to a playoff game. It's an ellip- it is clear. You know that you're on the road, and it's season over if you lose, and the Bills lose. But if they win that game, because there's not a lot of pressure, because they, they know that they're in one way or the other, I think the momentum, you go in with that kind of momentum, and it is historically... A catalyst to go deep, 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 if not all the way in in the NFL playoffs.
2: Before we see a single snap of what happens on Sunday Night Football, and regardless what happens Sunday afternoon prior to that game, this scenario, that scenario, right now, today, I feel better about the Buffalo Bills than I do the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, you sent me this out. I, I mean, come on, man. One in four against teams above 500, they got absolutely smoked. What is the the Ravens embarrassed? I mean,
1: yeah, it's not good. 56 to 19. It's not great. Bradley Chubb is gone. He's not coming back this year. That one is pretty. Okay, that one's not. That one's pretty brutal. What is the. But more important, or as important, what is the Buffalo Bills record in the playoffs under Josh Allen?
2: Probably even worse than I think it is.
1: No, I think it's like. All right, ready? One in one last year, but it's worth the context. They they beat the Miami Dolphins, and then they lost to the Bengals, a game that that like you again. This is like every year I'm, the window seems to close for Buffalo, and every year that I go back, there was more expectations. The year before that, they beat the Patriots and they lost to the Chiefs in overtime in the divisional round, and then the one conference championship that they've made. They beat the Colts, they beat the Ravens, and they lost again to the Chiefs. So in the last three seasons, they have lost in the second round every time, except at the very start of when they had their window. And after they lost to the Chiefs, remember, we came on the radio and I said, it's over, window's closed, they screwed up, they're not, they're not going to get it done. They, they, they don't make deep runs. They haven't in a couple years, three years, three seasons. I just... Like both these teams are, are absolutely flawed, and they both have ceilings, and, and it's probably my wanting to—what do they call wanting to be right bias? What do, what do you call that?
2: <laughs>
1: Billy <laughs> bias? naming after <laughs> me. I want to be right. I, I want to be right about the Dolphins. doesn't mean that I am. I just—I'm who I'm not betting either team in, in, a, in a critical playoff game, but I have more confidence in Miami, especially at home. I think they can win the game. Now, a lot of that is about me thinking that Josh Allen's going to throw two picks and force the issue a little too much, and they're not going to run the ball enough, and the receiver's going to get frustrated, and the defense is going to be asked to do too much against a high-powered Dolphins team, and the turnover is going to put them in a bad spot, and Miami wins, you know, 24-13. to There's
2: a lot of truth to that. Buffalo's on a four-game winning streak. The one thing that's common in that four-game winning streak— Josh Allen was the leading rusher in zero of those games. Every game this season for Buffalo where Josh Allen has been the leading rusher, they've lost.
1: Which I'm sure McDermott's aware of because we talked about it nonstop last year. And it was a
2: huge
1: problem in the games at the end of the year in that playoff game. It was a huge issue. Uh, Tom, are you ready for the Winston Churchill quote that, that you somehow weren't able to summon? You ready? <laughs> yes. Okay. And this was connected to, what was what was I talking about? Oh, what are the Bills? Okay. I, I'm going to change the word Russia, okay, to b- the Bills, okay? Got it. Historically, it's Russia, but I'm going to change it to the Buffalo Bills. Ready? This is Winston Churchill on, on, on the NFL in 2024. I cannot forecast to you the action of the Buffalo Bills. It is a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. That's what I was going for. Riddle. So think about it. You have a riddle, right? And then you wrap that inside a mystery, right? And then that is in an
2: enigma. That's a lot to pierce. You went puzzle. Puzzle, riddle. Uh, a Riddle's a puzzle just with words. All right.
1: Before we run out of time, because most people like to give flowers, Tom likes to stomp on them. It's time for What to Sell. D-Cell said what?
2: It's writer than you's What to Sell. All right, you ready for this, Bill? Last night no. on TNT, inside the NBA, Shaq, Shaq, who who we love on this show, got surprised. His jersey is being retired by the Orlando All right. Magic. The Go Magic Shaq. will retire Shaq's number 32 on February 13th, That's cool. a month and a half from now. Cool. First jersey to be retired in Magic history. I love that. They've only been around since the early 90s. All right. Shaq is the second player yep. who will have his jersey retired by I three guess. teams. Kareem. Wilt Chamberlain. Mm. Shaq has been retired since 2011. Okay. Almost 13 years. Yep, that's the math. First point here. What the heck is Orlando waiting for? Can I tell you when the Lakers retired Shaq's jersey? Yep. 2013. Almost 11 years ago. Lakers, right on it. That makes sense. The Heat. And by the way, the Heat shouldn't even have retired Shaq's jersey, but they did it seven years ago back in 2016. He attacked Pat Riley, allegedly in a practice. The Orlando Magic Brass has been sitting around for nearly 13 years thinking, we don't have a retired jersey. We need to put something in the rafters. We haven't won a championship. I don't know. Shaq played here for four years. We got to an NBA Finals with him. He's by far the best player who's ever played here, even though he didn't even play 300 games with us. His stats are through the roof. 27 points per game, 14. Re- we got to do something. Let's retire Why? Shaq's jersey.
1: Why not, man? Give Shaq his give, – give, let him have his flowers. He was there for four years. And what are you talking about that Heat shouldn't retire his jersey? Oh, he brought them their first – he was a part Dwayne of the first championship. Dwayne
2: Wade brought them their first championship. They, he played they, He played Robin. Dwayne, Dwayne, he was Robin, but you know what? When the world gets saved, Robin doesn't get
1: a little thank you. Robin doesn't get a little, you know – no, he's a complete afterthought, but Batman couldn't have oh, I thought gonna Compl- I thought you were going to swear there. He's a complete why do you, afterthought. Why do you dislike Robin so much? Shaq should have his jersey Here, retired is... by the
2: Lakers and that I, shit.
1: I saw this news yesterday, and I was like, oh, that's really, really cool. And I immediately got a text. From me like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Dumb.
2: The Magic are doing it because you can't retire <laughs> Tracy McGrady. Angry words. You can't retire T-Max jersey. Every team he was on in Orlando stunk. Grant Hill was always hurt when he was there. Yeah. And you're probably waiting until Dwight Howard officially stops playing basketball to retire his jersey.
1: Uh, you can't retire Dwight Howard's jersey anymore. Uh, magic. This is pure magic. This is Orlando magic. I love it. Give him some love. When he got drafted there, it was a game changer.
2: Yeah, Who cares? He left and took the money in L.A.
1: Four seasons, Bill. Four. They made a finals. They lose to
2: the Houston the Rockets, Rockets right? yeah. yeah. When Jordan yeah. was playing baseball. Right. I
1: don't hate it.
2: I don't think it's a big
1: deal. Also, who cares about
2: retired jerseys? Nobody cares.
1: Nobody cares. It doesn't matter. Doesn't
2: matter. They've been waiting for 13 years thinking about how we need to do this. What, they're going to run
1: out of numbers now because they have so many great players that
2: are going to want them? Come on. That's my point. They got they got bored. We got to do something. What to sell is to just give people their flowers. No, the Lakers. That's the only flowers that Shaq gets.
1: His statue's pretty cool. Stu, Stu came here once and took a picture with all the statues. It's adorable. I think he's still here. I don't think he went back. Uh, let's talk to Nick Costos. Let's get, you know what? We're going to give Nick Costos his flowers. He made me some money last time we talked. Nick Costos coming up next on CBS Sports Radio.
3: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,